0: anybody hear me? Am I talking to myself? Hey, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good to see you. Oh man. It's really good to see you. It's been a very, very long time.
1: <laughs> a very, very long time. I don't even, I'm not going to try to think about how long.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel really old. The moment I start like having my friends on this thing and then uh, we start reminiscing. I'm like, let's not go there. Let's not go that route because yeah, I,
1: yeah. I get it's depressed. It's like time travel and- <laughs> Yeah, in a way
0: that's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But
1: yeah,
0: good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a random question for you just to get things started. I noticed that uh, in a previous life, I knew you as Mary and I've been Googling left and right, trying to get your name right to say it the right way. Cause I didn't want to be disrespectful and <laughs> I couldn't find it. Cause like I, I found all these like weird websites, you know, that were trying to give me like the Irish you know, way to say it. Mm-hmm. And my my tongue doesn't work, I guess. Like I just couldn't get it right. May I ask, why the change? And uh, and how do you say it?
1: Perfect. I, I knew this was gonna come up. I thought about <laughs> it like immediately after because it always does. Um, and it's kind of a it's just like a silly story actually. Um I love silly stories. So, Go ahead. Yeah, right. It's it's what's that's life. Um so I um went to grad school in Ireland. Came back, did AmeriCorps in Northern Minnesota and Duluth, um, my first year there. Um, And, you know, I'm just straight out of grad school. I'm 23, I think, at the time. And I'm immediately working with fifth graders. Um, And they're all on Facebook. And if they type in Miss Mary Higgins, I come up immediately. And I was like, how do I stop these children (laughs) from finding me? (laughs) So um, the like Irish ish equivalent that would be said, Mora. Maura, so like a, okay. a yeah short version of maureen but it is the like irish the pre-colonized version of mary um if kind of some of that history at least from what my irish friends had told me they're like oh yeah like my friend Jean spillane she was like yeah sure like change it change it to more. like no 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 and um <laughs> i changed it and then immediately the first um professional show i was cast in later that year for some reason for the um program they pulled my name off facebook and they put oh. me in the program as wow. yeah as Maura Higgins Mary Higgins <laughs> and when people always ask how do you pronounce it I say it's Mary just it's Mary just don't ask questions <laughs> and also say, hey, you do actually know me if you know my name is legally and still spelled M-A-R-Y but it's more of a stage name at this point and kind of more of it's interesting because my godmother's name is Maureen oh, so I thought crazy. about yeah at some point like someone was like well would you want to change it to that to kind of like honor her and, and she's been like a, a huge mother figure for me in a lot of ways I was like yeah you know maybe that it could be good because growing up, I hated Mary. Everyone's grandma was named Mary. It wasn't like sure, a cute sure. kid's name, Everyone was like Brittany and Ashley. And I was Mary. I was like, everyone's old person. So, yeah. So, so that's a, that's a story. I still go by Mary and, um, and people, I still find where I live now. It's like, I know they know me or they don't based on how they like address me or type my name or, or whatever. So, well,
0: thank you yeah. for that for, yeah. For a little bit of the backstory, because that gives me a good sense of, of, What happened after? Because it does feel like uh, a nice way to begin a new chapter, you know, um, and to have a really cool stage name, actually.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah, thanks. You know, and that also. So and part of that where I thought about letting it go and changing it. um, But I ended up moving to Denver at a certain point. And in Denver, I uh, joined an agency there and they asked about it. You know, I was like, oh, Mary Higgins, because they signed all my papers, M-A-R-Y. And they were like, "Well, what about this? Like, you're on Facebook. Is this?" And they're like, "That's much more exotic." And also, hmm. you know, whatever. That but then also, if <laughs> yeah. you Google Mary Higgins, you get Mary Higgins Clark for about fifty thousand pages, oh, the murder w- novel. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh my
1: goodness. <laughs> so they're like, "Well, if we <laughs> do this way, you come up in the top, you know, three returns." So like, advantageously, in like a business sense, they're like, "This makes more yeah. sense if you yeah. don't mind keeping." I was like, yeah, you know, sure. Um, so yeah, so that's the so that part is of the, that. Uh, yeah, that is so, the
0: origin story.
1: The origin I, story. Hopefully not <laughs> a villain or the villain uh, story. No, no, it's a
0: it's a good one. But uh yeah. so I I really love that I'm getting to talk to you now because as you know, I spoke with your brother and Yeah, I
1: heard about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love I love talking about how things started with you creatively, artistically, and especially knowing your brother. And the way that he told the story, I'm kind of curious how those things line up with you, you know, when you first started learning your craft or at least discovering, you know, what that journey was going to be for you when you were younger. When did that, you know, itch to be an actor or a performer or to be involved creatively begin for you?
1: Sure. Um, I think for whatever reason it was, I kind of got more just like pushed into it, like not asked, but like, you know, kindergarten, preschool, they're like, ah, she will be the angel on the tree in Santa's (laughs) on the tree play. Ah, mother goose, she's mother goose. Like I was kind of more just like told to do it. And I think, uh, you know, very gratefully, I'm super grateful to our mom. She really sat down and read with us a lot when we were kids and she would do this really wonderful exercise of, you know, if we recognize letters in the book or certain words, she would tell us to circle it. Didn't matter that it was like a printed published like Sesame Street book. We were allowed to, to write in them Mm. and to interact. And I felt like, yeah. I felt like it made me at a young age, a better reader, a better speaker. So I think I had a little bit of, you know, I think it was a natural teacher inclination then. So I've got a dog in the room who's cheering oh, on. No, my no. Toy.
0: <laughs> I love dogs. They are a part of the experience. So please let, oh, them,
1: okay, great. <laughs> let them come I along. And I was like, how do I keep them from barking? I was like, keep them in the room with me. But then I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, you're going to want
0: This toys. is, this is going live as is. I try to keep it as straightforward as possible because dogs oh, cool. and cats and pets are part of the whole thing. So please, by all means, keep them, keep them coming. I love it. From
1: and you got cool. two? Um you got I've got two. Yeah, okay. two. And they're both from Laramie, actually. They're both really? from the Laramie Animal Shelter. Yep. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Have you had them that yeah, long I, since since Laramie?
1: Holy one of them, yes. Shit.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Baloo is my 11 year old baby, happy eleven Aww. Um, he just turned a few weeks ago. But yeah, um, all through college, it was like the last year was really bad. You know, people get baby fever. I had like dog fever. I was like, God, I just really want a dog, but it's not the right time, and I need to be responsible and like was really thinking about it. And then as soon as I graduated um, and as you know, the baby brother came and joined at university and yeah. we were both like, and we grew up with dogs. We love dogs. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, well, what you, like co-adopt a dog was like kind of the thought and it worked um, essentially. So I adopted him and then I kept him until I knew I had the plan to go to grad school mm-hmm. where I was going to be gone for a year abroad. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, cool, I'll take him for that year. And then ever since he's been back with me and um, yeah. And yeah, then the second good. one, she yeah. Yeah. We, when I moved to Denver or um, I was just keeping eyes out for a buddy for him and she showed up in at the animal shelter, I was like, Hey, love Laramie, love the animal shelter. They're a fantastic organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they really do a really good job getting the right pets in the right homes um, and trying to screen folks really well on like being yeah. a responsible.
0: Yeah, so, it's a, yeah. It's a tough gig, you know, and there's, there's a lot <laughs> of pets in need. I mean, if I could, I mean, my biggest problem is like, we follow Maddie and I follow the the black dog animal rescue in cheyenne oh, and yeah. every day like we're seeing like a, <laughs> another pet and like if i didn't have allergies the way that i that i do i mean i had my oh, cap no. <laughs> at two cats if not i would i would be taking all kinds of animals but all of them. uh it's yeah it's a lot man but that's great because they're family now i imagine
1: they're- heck yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> So you have two cats
0: i have two cats um,
1: nice and how, how long you have those guys
0: phoebe we've had since 09 so we we mm-hmm. got her right at the end of our laramie time and she's been with us everywhere uh laramie oh, seattle cool. back in casper you know she's wow. getting up there she's 12 she's going to be 13 so uh yeah she's I'm, got a companion that she hates uh named oscar <laughs> who, who is two Aww, years old yeah oscar. yeah and they they can't like stand oscar. each other they really can't stand yeah. each
1: other <laughs> oh no i mean you know that was kind of a sad thing same with Baloo, is he? He got some like dog fear at some point. So that's what happened is he was going to doggy daycare. He's going to the dog park and he started having like these kind of slightly aggressive outbursts mm. that were kind of, they were just getting worse. And so I was like, all right, well, if you can't be around dogs, and then like, I'm at work eight hours a day, I feel very irresponsible. So let's get you a buddy. And it's just like the big brother, little sister thing. It's like, I don't want to come near you. I don't want to look at you, but you know, what? when I want to play with you, I'm going to come over and like instigate tug of war. And then I'm going to make you give up. Like he, <laughs> he's kind of terrible about but, you know, she's happy to the glance. Her only wish is for him to love her, which is tragic. Um, it's, like, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We yeah. have to appreciate the drama of, of that thing, you know, of that whole thing yeah, unfolding. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of, of siblings, great. so let me backtrack just a little bit because I'm I'm curious. Yeah. Um, being in that environment where you are, you're one girl and several boys uh, in, in the home, what kind of energy are we talking about here uh, in that household? Because it seems like you guys are uh, an extremely talented. I don't know what's in the in the Higgins water over there, but you guys are just like always doing something and and always just just being these incredibly talented human beings. But in terms of the energy growing up, how was that kind of set up for you, or how did that inform the way that you uh, that you became an artist?
1: Sure. Um, I think the word is energy. There was just a lot of it, um, good, bad, or otherwise flowing through the house um we had a really eccentric mother who uh, really like is a musician and played songs and did folk music and that was kind of her thing that brought her to california we had the dad who was a um vietnam veteran who had his own demons that he dealt with um and you know there were really hard times with that but also um he really loved um musicals and different old old timey westerns and you know kind of stuff like he was in kind of circling back, but going forward, um, I ended up writing my master's thesis on um, theater as therapy for people with PTSD from war trauma specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think a lot of his, always, he always had, you know, Oklahoma on or or Carousel or, or some movie singing in the rain. And I think it was, it was like a safety blanket for him mm-hmm. uh, to have something that was like uh, of time gone by, something from a safer period where, you know, there, he wasn't into war movies, but he would, you know, occasionally go to the theater, like when Private Ryan came out, like him mm-hmm. going, he went alone, this whole thing. But um, huh. so I think we had, yeah, really interesting balance of just, you know, someone who is able to, who went really after their dream of expressing a lot of art and maybe failed in some ways. But, you know, that's nothing wrong with failing. It's a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we had yeah, our dad who, when he went to, he went to University of Wyoming, which is how the legacy all started. Oh, the <laughs> <but> <laughs> Yeah. Right. But he, um, he wanted to be a writer. Um, and apparently had told us that he had a professor who said like, you'll never be a writer. So kind of like, I think vicariously through like some kind of like a hope there was always a hopeful light, even if things looked really bad, Yeah, I think. And so, yeah, I think that energy allowed for just like possibility. And like, I feel like modern era, if you're going to dream for like, how big can I go? I feel like celebrity and stardom in our childhood became this, like, Mm-hmm. DFI go, it's why like not or go, go home? That's that's yeah. kind of an
0: interesting, yeah, like a slingshot effort, you know, that, that happens there, you know, where you feel like maybe as a parent, he said, I didn't have a chance to do this. I'm going to just catapult them as far as humanly possible. And, and, you know, to be fair, I think, you know, he's already been a great success just given all of the awesome stuff that you guys have done. I mean, uh, I'm glad that you pointed out the, um, your thesis because I was going to ask you about that. And and specifically during your time in, in Dublin, right? hmm yep. How did that play out and what was that experience like? Because that was, I presume, after the University of Wyoming or was that after your, your AmeriCorps time?
1: No, so that was uh, a year after UW. Um, I graduated. I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And also, truthfully, I didn't want to go to college. My dad pushed me to go. I was like, <laughs> I saw the writing on the wall of student debt and I was like, forget that. I am Good not. For you. <laughs> dig- oh yeah. I was like, he was like, well, what do you? I was like, I don't know. I'll wait tables. It's fine. But I won't have, I won't be saddled with all this debt. Mm-hmm. But then getting the FOMO of watching all my friends, like getting accepted, starting to leave. And so I went yeah. and I was like, Hey, what's this college? Now? Went to Wyoming. And so the same feeling after I graduated was like, okay, I've got these degrees now. Like what, Yeah, what do you do with it? <laughs> and um, Billy had actually gone to um, to, to Trinity, also mm-hmm. in Dublin prior, and, and he was just seemingly having a great time and I grew up with lots of National Geographics and I remember making collages for every country that I could find on my wall growing up, so I had like, you know, one for Cambodia, one for Ireland, one for a Czech Republic, like all these different little vignettes, and I, the one in I- Ireland was near my bed, and I always thought, like like, I want to travel, like mm. here's the perfect opportunity to continue some theater study travel um if i were to get in um and so i i took the year in between to kind of just work and try to save a little bit of money and then um applied and, and got in. so yeah. uh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah so <laughs> did you feel that you had a lot of catching up to do when you got to dublin in terms of of um uh theater practice did you feel that your education served you when you arrived
1: yes and no um i don't feel because I had more practical application, and so the masters that both my brother and I did was a masters of philosophy. So it was more actually taking theatrical story and then applying different ph- philosophical lenses to the story. Mm. And um, so, in so coming from a practical application, I wasn't quite ready, but thankfully I took philosophy in high school and I had a keen interest in it and kind of mm-hmm. kept it outside my undergrad study. Um, and so, but also like you know culturally. I feel like stepping into any other country or, or culture you there's always big gaps I think there's learning curves of trying to keep up with the slang keep up with um who are the artists in the area like well what's the work like um yeah. is it more geared this what's the humor like you know I think mm-hmm. you know as a attracting artist too it's like humor it, it is universal but also not in so many ways Incredibly right it's like specific, the type of jokes right? that are, yeah yeah exactly yeah. um and then tragedies, or it can be that way. But um, in my program, I did have several Americans, but also um, some Irish, but then also other international folks, a guy from Sweden. um, And uh, I I think one other lady, um, well, well, and several international professors too. So it was interesting. It wasn't purely an Irish context, but a lot of what we looked at was Irishness in theater, Mm. um, which was interesting. Um but yeah, so i I feel like uh not set up for failure, but also like definitely um I needed to stay on the ball and try to stay sharp, mm-hmm. um, which I think I did a an art uh, job, but uh, it was definitely yeah, not not super it wasn't a walk on you know <laughs> right. so, so uh, yeah.
0: when you were there, did you have any uh theatrical experiences that you went like, holy shit, this is um more along the lines of what I believe theater should be uh at any point while you were there,
1: uh, hmm. yeah, so I did a few. Projects. I did a, um, a thesis project for a friend, Fergus, um, who did like a, uh, a, a kind of a play on Shakespearean tropes and young mm-hmm. psychology, which was interesting. So he chose these different characters that represented different um, Jungian ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I've got to bark. She's trying to bark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the toys. Let me give you some of the toys. That's um, but, uh, and then I did, I actually did a lot of improv. And uh that's something i've been doing since middle school we had a really, really? wonderful theater director. yeah mr patak who <laughs> introduced us in sixth seventh grade to like short form improv and i actually like, yeah i got in with this group of guys that had this group um troupe called improv she wrote um a play on murder <laughs> she wrote and we just, we did a bunch of shows and uh, actually i actually made some really great friends through that um uh she was a couple years ahead of me but she was in the comedy world my friend jessica keith who was also from she was american from chicago but she still lives there and does improv there and so I, I feel like i don't know if there was one particular thing i was involved in that that i i performed but i do want to remark on um these giant puppet theaters they have and one in particular named Magnus. Mm. Um, which is the Irish for like um the jumping that like a lamb makes when it's a baby. Like the kind of ah. it's like jumping in play, kind of like a a weird word. I'm not I'm probably not doing it justice. But I felt like there was still a huge amount of respect for play mm. and not taking myself too seriously that I didn't feel sure. in my American education. I did feel like in the mm-hmm. States everyone's like, you know, you gotta be the coolest, the baddest, you gotta be the, serious like, sharpest you be, on this. Yeah. yeah. You gotta shroud yeah, yourself in think,
0: mystery. <laughs> in method, yeah, you gotta right? be this
1: group person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like and going through undergrad, I always kind of felt like, what's wrong with me? Because I always gravitated more towards the play, yeah, like like the more comedic play. And I was learning, thankfully, to get some skills on how to play seriously. But um, yeah, there there was something about just like not taking it too seriously that I think I I came away with that, and then immediately jumped. Um, also, when I moved to Duluth. And then, further on, back into improv um professionally on a few teams. and so and that was a, a great experience. And I don't know if I would have done it had I not had the um improv she wrote team. I think they were fantastic mm.
0: so collectively, it's kind of been steering you uh, all this time to a more. Let's go for the humor. Let's go for the levity of of you know the work that we can do in the theater. That's an interesting mix, though, with uh, the the I guess the philosophy and and the humor. Can you tell me if there's? Sort of like an apex where those two things meet in your mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, because I think. You know, <laughs> no, I, I oh, was yeah, just
0: yeah. I was just kind of laughing because you know my my whole thing now <laughs> okay. is is uh, I'm very much an absurdist about everything. It's like we we can't understand everything, so I'm just going to laugh about it because it's just too much to handle. And that's incredibly simplistic. But I'm very curious what your perspective is on like why do we need to laugh? Can you give me your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Well. When you said the absurdity of it and laughing at it, the, I just had an immediate memory that j- jumps up at me that only happened this last year. And it's kind of a perfect example in some ways. It's like the more you know about things, right? It's like just the more, you know, nuance, so you, you know, how the ins and outs of how things work or don't work or shouldn't work. So then when they do work, that's fantastic. Or if they don't, there's no possible way it could work. And it does, or it always should, but it doesn't. There's humor in that. And the experience I had last year was actually, I tore my MCL really bad oh no um, and yeah the weather was just starting to get bad and um the long story short is i had to go to work that day i came home my roommate at the time very sweet and i was like trying to help take care of me and i, I had my leg up and he was like do you want ibuprofen and he's an emt he was like you can do this and i was like i want a whiskey some ice cream and <laughs> want a, a funny movie that's what i want and the hilarious part is we're in the middle of a storm And he like poured the whiskey and like spilled it or dropped the glass or something. Like everything went wrong. And then we went, he was like, all right, well, we got the movie. We're going to put the movie on. And then the storm blew the power out. We were without power. And I was just sitting (laughs) in the dark and I was laughing my ass off. Just like, this is so, like, but this is my life. And like, how funny is it? Like, this is so, like, it is that comedy of errors of like, everything's just gone wrong. But it was so much more amusing. In my mind state now, versus where I think to younger Mary, it really could have been a tragedy or a reason to kind of get down on what's happening. But sure. it, it was—it was just so funny. Yeah. So like, I laugh when I think about it. Right, yeah. right.
0: It, and those are words to live by. I mean, that I think that uh, it's one of the more beautiful lessons that I've learned myself. This uh, these last like ten years, you know, is to just just let it go, man. You know, like nothing is as precious yeah. as you believe that that it is. Um, but I, I was thinking a lot about um, the the type of of work that you've done alongside this is pretty remarkable too. Billy told me that you were uh, you were a volunteer firefighter. Is that yeah <laughs> yeah? No, right. So how how does this align? How does this come into the picture? Because I, I find this completely fascinating and it just says so much about your character and how awesome you are.
1: No, oh, that's nice. Thanks. Uh, I feel like it if we're going short answer, it is taking actions and also folks who, um, guys just like want, to, just want to be helpful, you mm-hmm. know? And I think in the theater, you want to be helpful. You want mm-hmm. to, I think when you're coming from a really good and pure place. You just want to, you want what's best. You want to see everyone succeed. You want you, it's kind of like a do no harm mentality. If you're getting really done and into it, mm-hmm. I don't. So the values are Yeah.
0: Align. yeah. <laughs> yeah he agrees he definitely agrees
1: yeah absolutely yes they're like yes we agree (laughs) why not help everyone um but yeah so i actually uh a few years ago so i came back to colorado and in a long roundabout way i ended up in the southwest and um i started doing guiding services for like kids and teens and we had to take um wilderness first responder courses so i became a wilderness first responder first and i realized i was like man like I feel like I really have a knack for this mm. and that like my instinct has always been like, you know, someone slips and hits their head or whatever. I'm running towards go. and not away. Yeah. And I feel like people who are in arts in some way, like, I think we understand that kind of like, um, cohesive community, tribal instinct of like, how do we like pick up that person? You know, like the trust falls and stuff, like catch them, make sure yeah, they're not going yeah. down.
0: It's almost like, yeah. that, like so, yeah. you have the inherent understanding of, of, uh, The immediacy of compassion, right? Where you just kind of like you you have that momentum, right, to go forward.
1: No, that's and you just said it beautifully, though. Like immediacy of compassion, like not a moment too soon or too late. You know, just get in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's no, it's it's just interesting, and I never noticed that. And I guess it kind of aligns with uh, all of your other extracurricular stuff. You you know, you're a very athletic person. You're always like snowboarding or skiing or doing something like fun like that uh is that something you, you just naturally comes to you do you just need to be outside is that kind of how it is with you
1: so that does come to me naturally um the skills less so um because you know everyone's <laughs> like how long, how long you've been skiing for what season is this and I was like oh I, I turned 30 and I moved to a ski hill and put myself on a board and was like I'm gonna gu- I, I became a lifty at 30 years old I was like I'm gonna learn trial by fire wow um yeah I really well you know if I can get woo-woo for a second, have you heard of the Saturn Returns? <laughs> uh, no, no, please tell me. Sure. So I don't ascribe to Live and Die by Astrology. Isn't there a song? Oh, no, oh no, it's something about Those Who Live and Die by Numerology. Isn't that a lyric? It's that
0: somewhere. sounds very familiar. Or uh, yeah, possibly a Ryan Adams album. I, I'm i not sure.
1: <laughs> I believe it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, So uh, you know, it was my friend's dad some years ago. I was going through like, either I was going through changes or one of the boys, we were at like a holiday dinner and he was like, how old are you to one of us? And we're like, oh, you know, 28, 29, something. And he's like, oh, you're in your Saturn returns. I was like, what is that? You know, cryptic, like older guy, really sweet, but like kind of stern and also like seemingly not into any sort of like, you know, just like kind of like more of a businessman, like about like, you know, he's got like. I don't know like he's more like well well to do seeming so I'm like oh field. like you're into this right yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm being very judgmental um, about this <laughs> human but then I looked into it and if you look at they say that it's every roughly it's like 28 to 32 years every person will go through what is called their Saturn returns which is when you have this massive aha of like oh like life what am I doing with it like huh. and, and reevaluating it and kind of making a, a big shift and that They say, typically it's like a, an event or something will kind of kick it into motion for you. Um, Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there because
0: this is actually the timing of this, uh, personally, uh, sounds like it makes sense because we moved back home at 28 and it feels like my life started after my son was born. Yeah. Because he was, he was born when I was around 27 and, uh, and we made that move that year. It's bananas. That's bananas.
1: yes oh
0: my god he's i love seeing
1: the photos of
0: you (laughs) he's uh he's a blast but again you know like it's it's moments right that that just kind of jumpstart your life and yeah i have never felt more comfortable you know in in any of the time before than when i did at that age like that jumpstarted things and now everything makes sense and even my art even my work just kind of aligns you know for some reason now bringing it back to you though do you have those moments where it just something just catapults you, something just jumpstarts a, a movement or an era for you? Um, what, what have those things been like for you? If there is a moment uh, that you can recollect.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, my returns that's, that's when I point to all the time when people are like, Oh, I'm going through this thing. I'm like, how old are you? I was like, what happened at this point in time? And like, where are you on that journey? Cause I, I kind of do believe in that a bit now and, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, is it, it isn't that the
0: uh the the curious thing right the contradiction of you know like should we be taking this shit seriously or or is it something we mm-hmm. want to see what what's going on okay sorry i'm I'm digressing here no Go totally
1: <laughs> my camera the other way this whole time so everyone can see this at <laughs> i was holding it up and down for some absurd reason i think i was just so excited <laughs> to talk to you that i didn't turn it over at all i'm a fool um but <laughs> good yeah um, also, I'm just so stoked for you guys. Like, I'm glad that that was like a good, good moment for you, and like oh, a man. like a, a way. And, you but, know? It,
0: but it was tough, you know. And I, I try to be as vocal as I possibly can because I feel that for me, you know, up until 28, I really did feel like if I don't do something with my life, I'm going to be a failure. You know, and, right, and I think right. that I I love that I get to talk to you guys, especially the Higgins family, because you you guys do mention, you know, your your parents kind of gave you this this. Platform to say, please go in and try that risk, and it feels like just in contrast, my my parents were very much like, if you do this, you're this is like the worst decision that you could make. Oh no! So I think a majority of my my twenties were specifically going, I I don't know, I don't know, nothing's gonna work out, you know. I got to push past that, got to do that, and then the moment I really let go of those things and reality sink in, you know, I'm gonna be a dad, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Everything yeah. just made sense, and now you know it uh-huh. takes a little a little longer, right? But things yeah. start lining up, you know. Once you start committing to to what feels right to you, and so mm-hmm. that's that's why I kind of feel like my art is better now because I stopped giving a shit. You know, I just really just kind of started enjoying the the ride and and the process. And now that's a huge digression, and I'm supposed to make the episode. That's right,
1: because I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm right there with you and I'm going to jump on board and say, I do feel like throughout my twenties I was chasing and I had this feeling again about like, do the thing and like go big or go home. And I always felt like a fraud, even Mm -hmm. though I was trying it. Um, And also because like, you know, as we know in our, um, our country and, and much of the world, it's like, it's such a, it can be such the ones that we are constantly exposed to of film, movie, music, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. unless we decide to go like smaller, we're, we're supposed to, um, you know, a lot of very like capitalist driven, it's folks oh, yeah. who have a lot of capital that say this, is the entertainment, this is, this is what music is. They, there are right. those choices out there and, and thank God we just have smaller avenues to explore art and create art. But, um, yeah. And I, I feel right on board with you is like, even though I was given permission in a certain way to kind of go after it mm-hmm. financially, I was never in a spot where i felt like yeah. oh yeah i can just like move wherever and just right, like right. spend all my money right. on headshots and classes or yeah whatever, and that's
0: and the and reality people. too yeah i'm right there with you because yeah. when we were in seattle i mean i was working 10 hours a day and i had an hour-long commute to this this place that i had to go to sell cell phones and oh, you know i didn't yeah. have, i didn't even have time to write you know i didn't have time yeah. to to chase the mm-hmm. thing that i wanted to do i did two shows in seattle I did a children's, oh, wow. I did a children's theater thing and then I did a a, a collective, you know, like night of theater, cool. which was amazing. Huh? Yeah. It was amazing, but that was after years. <laughs> years of, yeah. of trying to yeah. survive and and so that leads me to the question like why are we telling kids that they have to go out and chase it when there is other ways to pursue their art or to be fulfilled in this country. Like yeah. What are your thoughts on this? And I know we've kind of like talked about this just a little bit, but more specifically, you know,
1: yeah.
0: are we sending our our young artists to to the fray and to the fire by by telling them that anything is possible?
1: I I think it's a good notion to say anything is possible because it is. Anything is, but also with the um coloring and the tinge of reality of yes, it is possible, but also what is fulfilling. And I do think at a certain point when we say, yeah, you know, sky's the limit and you can do it. We, you're right. I think there is a setting people up for a sadness and a feelings of inadequacy by saying like, oh, well, you didn't do that. Like, well, that's wrong. And yeah. I do think that's why it's so important to have a good, I do think like leadership and teachers and, and folks who are just really empathetic, which is a huge skill that I think creative folk's bring to the table is those soft skills that kind of come inherently oh yeah um or or not inherently that people want to learn and i think you know it if god if i could go back i think i'm grateful still specifically for the leaders and the teachers that i had who taught or gave with more of the like being kind to yourself and like hey fail it's okay yeah. it's okay yeah. to get it wrong Instead of, you know, the people who had you more in a, if you don't fit this mold and you don't do this thing, you're a failure and no one will accept you. Yep. God, like what a setup <laughs> for anxiety the rest of your life. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I uh, just think, yeah, like yeah.
0: a few of us came out with a, uh, a chip on our shoulders, you know, with something to prove, right? Just constantly pursuing something like that. Now, I- in terms yeah. of your teaching, when you were doing the AmeriCorps thing, uh, mm-hmm. what were you teaching there? I forgot to ask you.
1: No. So, um, I was in school support, um, just for an underfunded school, um, which kind of led me down a path, um, that kind of stayed with me uh, really up until the last couple of years. Um, so in school support and then after school programming and depending on what they needed covered. So I was a Girl Scout leader for a while. Um, I did like, you know, machines and robots and stuff like that. Nice. I, I did theater. Yeah. So I kind of just, you know, whatever was clever. Um, but then, uh, uh, as I went further along, we moved to Minneapolis. I say we, I had uh, a partner for eight years that uh, was also part of my Saturn returns was, um, Mm. a pleasant, but, um, I substitute taught in Minneapolis and also kind of got pulled into, um, more of again, like a school system that where you want so badly to do well, but it's so underfunded and people are stretched so thin that like you don't catch people at their best days, um kids and adults alike, um, right. and just it, it's just really unfortunate. Um, more uphill battles yeah, than, than usual, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but throughout, I did um t- work a lot at schools. I would either be like on a culture team, where it was like, hey, when we see culture team, that would mean also like, hey, this kid's having a meltdown. Um, you're gonna take them and walk, you know, walk around and help them cool off, and kind of just doing a lot of um more of just like intervention type stuff, right? So we're not yeah. trying to kids all the time we're not trying to kick them out because someone had a bad day or yeah they didn't get breakfast this morning or, or whatever and like yeah. I, i'm a kid who came through that system too which is where i think i was like oh i speak this language i know yeah, yeah. you know getting the, the frozen school lunch and coming into school without a shower or bath or you know not being taken care of because we did have different waves of um just like life circumstances growing up and so i, I think i felt at home there too i felt like i was like oh i, I can do this and like i pay it forward more. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's
0: that's an incredible thing. And and like you say, I mean, I think it might just be part of your, uh, you know, uh, your nature because of the way that you that you grew up. But uh, being in that in that environment, uh, in particular, in some of the education circles that you were in as you were a student, Mm -hmm. did you did you ever feel out of place because of your background, because of where you came from? Uh, Did you ever feel like? what the fuck are these people talking about or how does it relate to the real world? Like, did you ever have a sense of disconnect? Or do you think that the theory applies in all of its facets to the real world? Whatever that means.
1: Yeah. No, totally. um, I think fortunately and unfortunately, I think we all go through different periods of being an outsider or feeling like an outsider. Um, Cause I think to be totally in tune with everyone all the time um, that's rare. Um, but also if it is going on, because I'm trying to just think of even certain circumstances where, like, a kid might feel like, Oh, yeah, I'm totally in. Do you really like? I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all feel out of place at different times for different reasons. And I'm definitely, um, you know, through uh childhood, like moving, divorce, um, you know, extreme, uh, extraneous circumstances, like growing up in a very affluent area below well below poverty line um, on food stamps and going to, you know, the church for meals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was a very strong period of feeling like an outsider. And that was when we were younger, um, you know, for most of our childhood. But then, you know, that changed at a certain point, but that chip on the shoulder for me took a really long time to leave. And I still, I just, I do still carry that,
0: I mm-hmm. think. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, which is why I, think I focus so much on, uh, the really unfair, like, Distribution of wealth. Oh, I yeah. think it has so much to do, God, with just like uh, so much in our our country, um, and just I think most of our major issues are stem from that. So
0: absolutely, I yeah. couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. Now the problem but, um, is the, is the yeah. approach, right? Yeah, <laughs> the solution uh, to that uh, particular dilemma. Um,
1: yeah, right. I'm not the the one with the pockets, so <laughs> hopefully the you know I
0: like people yeah. laugh at me in, in, in the face when I tell them we need a universal basic income. We need to uplift people, trust people to do what they, what they need to do, you know, to provide for their families yeah. to make it. But Absolutely. I, people and, call know, me
1: crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think you are uh, speaking the birds the I'm on board and I feel like I am the one who's, yeah, uh, I'll start talking about this and people kind of get the side glance or whatever. And yeah, yeah. And not everyone's like, on board because they're like well that doesn't work like well what economics yeah. are you talking about like
0: where are we gonna get the money where are we gonna get the money it's right, right there man it's right there just it's take a imaginary. little bit of defense up. <laughs> just take a fraction <laughs> yeah, of defense
1: also, i know right it's, it's uh, just that it is it's really sad and unfortunate in that yeah. realm. But, but that said, I do think just going back as I think we all feel like outsiders, if they, you don't, you're a liar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I love that approach. Um, how can the arts serve underserved communities? You know, since you've kind of been in that wheelhouse for a little bit and I'm kind of in that wheelhouse now, um, working with, um, <laughs> disadvantaged populations in my, in my day job. Uh, I actually try, try to help people find work. That's my, uh, that's oh, my job. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I try to connect folks with like training opportunities and stuff like that. And you get to see, you know, folks from all walks of life in that regard. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm seeing like my theater education, right. You know, these, these really specific, beautiful things about the craft that you want to share with anyone and everyone. And my latest obsession is, is to figure out how do we make it accessible to folks who wouldn't otherwise go to the theater, who wouldn't otherwise think of, reading a poem or doing something that will benefit their quality of life. Uh, do you think it is through humor? Do you think it is through that laughter? I mean, how can we use these tools to bring the arts to those who normally don't give a shit about the arts? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, yeah, massive impact on underserved or uh, disadvantaged communities. Uh, that is probably the thesis of everything I've ever tried to do and kind of i don't want to say i've given up on it but like life has taken different paths recently mm-hmm. but still kick for or wanting or being being on board with that of i think you know kind of like what was it instant compassion what did you say uh, immediate it, compassion or? instant
0: compassion or immediate compassion i totally forgot i have to listen to this again yeah, it's <laughs>
1: <something there>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah of that like it, I don't, like we all benefit from art. This is like just an axiom. We know this. Um, and I think in your question of what you're asking is like, how kind of twofold, it's like, how does it help underserved? And then like, why should it be, or how do we try to make it available? I don't know. It's kind of somewhere in that realm. It, yeah. If I'm right. Um, I think it's just, it, it, you know, when you can like repeat it and just feel like a broken record, it's just reminding of us of our shared humanity mm-hmm. of that. We, all suffer we all have joy we all have embarrassment we all have these shared qualities and it's so easy like when we are upset or like the world's going to shit or whatever to feel like you're the only one who experiences them or to feel isolated um or to feel like you're untouchable to be like oh I don't experience that but really like when we when we all tap together it's like yeah you do like um and I think even small bits uh, there's a theater I'm involved with currently out where I live um, that they made the decision for the summer Shakespeare this year, hello dog, um, <laughs> that they were going to make, I know she, her face is popping of the, the camera. Um, I know it's, they're, they're here. Um, they decided to make, um, I think it was any and all performances. If you were a student or a teacher who wanted to come and see the show um, You just get in for free, but you just got to reserve your ticket. Oh, and they're great. not a massive theater. They're a very small, oh. small town. But like even that gesture um, and then they're like, OK, well, to offset it, you know, we have these donor nights or these other things to try to like recoup that. And so I think that's like whatever small step we can take, um, you know, I think like when I was in my younger 20s or whatever and I taught at several different like um like youth groups or organizations. I was like, all right, well, you know, I gotta make sure I get paid for this, you know, because I'm very serious. I'm a teacher now. But I was also struggling, you know, in my twenties. And now that I'm a little bit older and have a deeper well to pull from that oh hello. Um, I feel like I can pay it forward more of to Mm -hmm. say, okay, like I can give my I can give what what do I have to give? So I think for all folks to kind of look at what do I have to give? Um and what's what can what can what can you and then and, and then take action on it so don't just talk about it be about it so
0: no that's a that's a, a great plan of attack or at least call to action for a lot of us artists who are getting it a, a little bit stagnant maybe you know or feeling like you know what can we do with this right so that's a great reminder mm-hmm. for me and hopefully for anyone listening too like you can empower yourself to help your community and to connect those things. And and that's a really great thing that I'm taking away from you tonight is that we need to, to find that sort of like connective tissue between the arts and serving. Um, and that's Mm -hmm. not to say that every play is going to have to be like, you know, a morality tale on, you know, don't do drugs or whatever, have it be like a public service announcement or something. But I think there's something there that we can use. And, uh, sometimes I get so far up my head that i can't i can't tell you know like why we should do the things that we do creatively but that is a a great reminder so thank you of course <laughs> yeah i want to ask you a couple more things about acting specifically um because yeah, that oh, is sure. that is still your primary your primary uh mode of expression would you say or, or do you think at this point it's more improv
1: yeah, uh, it's it is acting. It's like actually through a through and not by choice thing. Is I was doing improv for a long time, and then again, as soon as I moved to Denver, all the roles I was put in were really serious. And ever <laughs> since then, everything's been like. I think I've gotten one. Um, I did Rosalind last year for As You Like It, and that was the closest thing I've gotten to a comedy in like hmm. six years or more. Oh wow! Which is yeah. a tragedy. But <laughs> um, I, but well, I, I had a tragedy to play. But um, that. Uh, there's actually a group of folks in my town right now who this is kind of like that pay it forward too. is that there's a people who just express like, Hey, I want to learn improv. I would love to do improv. I was like, Oh, well I, I did it for a while. So let's, let's just get together. Like, and we'll just play games and like, why not? So, and yeah, uh, yeah. no skin off my back. So like, have fun. and think of it and still to think of it as like, yes, it's giving, but it's having fun and it's getting to play. Right. And it's that, I, you know, the attitude of gratitude of I get to play mm-hmm. not like, Oh, I have to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, like I get to go. <laughs> fun. Yeah.
0: So. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. But, awesome. Yeah. um So, would you say that Telluride is it? Is it one of those places where you feel supported, art wise?
1: Yes. You froze for a second. Oh, um okay. And, it, but I think I got you. Is, is Telluride a place where I feel supported, arts wise? Is what I think I got. Yep. Great. Um, I think my connection because I, I live in a hobbit hole. Actually, it's <laughs> like it's literally built into the ground, and we have Wi-Fi but barely cell service. So sometimes it's funky. Um, but yeah, um, I do. I, what's interesting is there's one theater in town. There are different folks who kind of put on different projects and things and whatnot. And I think we're kind of hoping and looking to have more, more space for all different types of arts, but the theater here is really fantastic. Um, but I do feel supported in that this is a really supportive community, Mm. um, and I, I didn't realize how important community was to me until I moved here and I found one because I don't mm-hmm. feel like I ever had like a full one. I feel like I had bits, you know, I had my theater like kind of community. But then I was, you know, in college, like um, at in a different degree program at the same time. So I felt like there's that community. I didn't feel like that had one big encompassing thing, mm-hmm. and especially one that like has all the bits of life in it. And Telluride is small. Um, and... But like, you know, you know, your grocer, you know, your postman, postman, Jim just retired very recently, but he was like the guy in town, but he still walks around with his dog, Bear, who's this <laughs> tiny little floofy, probably not more than five pounds, but his uh-huh. name's Bear. And so, you go, oh, here comes Bear. And I'm so excited. And it is like, it's not picture perfect by any means. Um, mountain towns definitely have their struggles with um, housing, with um, rates of depression and side, but there are. There are really wonderful things about knowing, um, even if like, you know, there can be local spats of like someone said, well, you know, Susan didn't do this, blah, 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 you know, making up names, but that, you know, you're going to cross paths again soon Mm -hmm. and it's going to be, you're going to put your best foot forward. And, you know, like we, I think it's because like we have to survive that we're in this tiny town (laughs) at, you know. 8,000 feet with 2,000 people there's one road in one road out if there's an avalanche it's like we need each other oh my and so if we don't take care of each other yeah mm. that we won't survive even though yes it's like new technology and all this stuff but um, but really you know we still have these things and you know natural issues or health issues because we're an hour and a half from the nearest hospital we don't have a hospital we've got oh, a wow. med center and a oh. ER yeah and that's it Um, so they can't do anything you know that a hospital can do um, so it does, I think there's something animal instinct there that makes you go mm. like, wow. Uh, like, it yeah, it becomes more I, tribal, I you, right?
0: Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. communal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I, so I feel supported and I think that's important is that I feel supported as a whole human and not just as an artist. And I think it's hard if you don't feel supported as a whole human to mm-hmm. express yourself fully. You
0: know? Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's incredible. I got one more question for you. So I want to be respectful mm-hmm. of your time. Because uh, you got some uh, some dogs to take care of.
1: Oh yeah, um, you're, you're, I know you got pets and family and all that.
0: Stuff. Yeah, he's he's having a blast upstairs, uh, watching Gumball, okay. which is the greatest surreal oh. show. Uh, I, I say Gumball. Gumball, yes, the adventures okay. of Gumball. It is yeah, one something. of the greatest cartoons ever made, like without a doubt. Anyway, that's for another episode. Uh, I'm so
1: excited to go. Check- <laughs> perfect. Thank um, you for the recommendation. <laughs> right, right. It's like
0: yeah, yeah. Um so uh you kind of answered a lot of my my last questions which which tend to be more community oriented like what can the arts do for the community? But I I think another curious thing, another thing that I like to I'd like to know is um what have the arts done for you personally? What has your craft done for you? And what would you say to somebody who's just getting started on this? should they pursue this? And what will, what will it do for their quality of life?
1: I think for anyone who wants to, I think for anybody who wants to pursue it, yeah, go for it. Sky's the limit, kind of that mentality, but also with more intentionality, I do think um, go for it, especially if you are someone who feels a little more sensitive in the world, because it gives you that safe space to explore it and, and to really process like just the human experience in all its different ways. Um, I'll give a specific example because I think sometimes those are really helpful. Um, and, uh, it's, a, I'll disambiguate a little bit to protect folks, um, from it, but, um, I played Macduff this summer in Macbeth, I will say the name, but, um in our final battle scene we had this moment where you know it's it's all choreographed fighting um I felt very good and safe with my partner he was a fantastic actor from New York um named Ian and we have this one part of the fight where he physically picks me up by my lapels my shirt and he slams me down on the table and he gets on top of me and starts choking me um and one of the rehearsals um it was I think it was the the call, the fight call, or it was actually during the show, one of the opening nights. But I had a very visceral bodily reaction to it. Mm. Um, we got backstage, and I just I just want to start weeping openly. Uh, my body is, you know, I'm vibrating. Like I have no other way to describe it than like my whole being is just shaking. And I couldn't figure it out. And I think without, Um, I would say in parts acting and therapy, I've been a lifelong therapy goer, very gratefully and thankfully through different resources. Um, I was able to pinpoint that it was having seen a violent act at a young age that was very similar. And I had like this out of body kind of whoa, you know, um, processing of it and kind of I think the, the trauma trapped in the body about it and I was releasing it. I didn't, I couldn't figure out first what was going on. But then when I started going down, I call it the why rabbit hole. When I say like, Oh, well, why this or why, you know, getting curious about myself and getting curious about what I'm feeling, what happened literally. Um, I, I realized I was like, wow, that's, that's what's happening. That's kind of fascinating and amazing. And then, you know, spoke to my scene partner. He was so supportive and just so kind Mm -hmm. about it. Um, that, and that was a healing moment for me, um, to be able to feel this yeah physical unsafety relive visually you know images that popped in my head about this unsafety and to go okay i'm safe now it's safe to to let these things go i was really oh just like you know very extreme examples it's an extreme one but on how many small levels can you know you write a character or or see a character or or play a piece of music um, write some poetry and then kind of reflect and go. Oh wow, that that's what needed to come out. That's what I needed some help with, and I didn't even know it. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of so much subconscious that happens too. So yeah. I feel like I would love if everyone could express in some way. I think we all need to. But yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yeah, everyone should, everyone should go for it for sure.
0: Oh my goodness, what a note to end on! And thank you for sharing that because I know that that you know can be a you know fairly difficult uh, and. it's it's just fascinating. I mean, the, the things that we can do through the art, the way that we can heal. And I know that we just scratched the surface and I I could talk to you all day just about your thesis alone. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. And so many, so many layers to that, that maybe, you know, next time we'll have to dig into that more specifically, but I want to thank you so much for your time today and for letting me direct you in a play (laughs) so, so long ago. Uh, that was so much fun. Uh, part of my, uh, part of my, uh, foundational, foundational life. And, uh, I hope to do it again. I hope to work with you someday in the future. I think that would be amazing if you're up for it.
1: I am so up for it and, and certainly, certainly hope so sooner rather than later. And definitely <laughs> I want to thank you for having me on it. And thanks for just, um, thanks for just getting interested in your artist friends. Like that's so, um, touching and, um, just like generous of you and so thanks for, for just being generous and, and kind that's
0: well, important you know that i appreciate it but you know it's it's our uh it's our artist family you know like that's just what it we is. gotta do we gotta back each yeah. other up but uh it's it's just such Absolutely. a pleasure to catch up my friend
1: say yes mm-hmm.